You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all the time. Ooh, that, that, that's spicy. All Patriots, all, all the time. Welcome to, 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 to First and Foxborough. What's going on, y'all? Another episode of First and Foxborough coming to you live from my basement. Um, you might not be able to hear it because I'm doing a great job of masking it, but I'm a little under the weather right now, so I am not down in Foxborough for today. But we'll we'll get back out there later on this week. Anyway, though, got it. The show must go on. Therefore, make sure you are downloading, subscribing, listening, and streaming on the Free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. So check this out. I put together some midterm grades for both the offense and the defense. I already went through the offense with you, gave them a C minus, not loving it, obviously. And I wrote about that for WEEI.com and retroactively did an episode on that. And that's what I'm going to do here. So I went ahead and published my defensive grades on Tuesday morning. I'm going to go ahead and give you the defensive grades a couple of days later before, before they get too stale. All right, just you know, get the audio version of this in case you haven't read it on the website. So check this out. The defense, I think that a lot of us before the season were looking at some of the personnel that the Patriots had and thought, you know what, the offense might have to carry this unit because you're missing a lot with your cornerbacks, with your linebackers. Yeah, you got Matthew Judon and Christian Barmore. That's great, but who else is any good? What are we gonna what are we gonna see from any of these guys? And what we have seen is that. I mean, honestly, it's been a lot like it was last year, except the offense is worse, where the defense maybe has not been as spectacular as it was last year, because I think that you could look at the seven game winning streak they had and they probably went up against some bad offenses. Some of them were just straight up bad. Some of them were missing some key players like like the Titans last year. They were missing Derrick Henry in that game. They had a couple of injuries. And I think that especially when you think about some of the holes that we thought they were going to have, I think that this defense has potentially been more impressive than last year's where they were just like the runaway best defense in the league until after the bye week. And then things started to go downhill. So this year up to this point, they are a a top 10 defense in, in scoring, uh, you know, maybe middle of the pack in terms of yards allowed, but they're definitely up there in terms of points allowed And by efficiency metrics, I mean, DVOA, I believe they're third in the league right now. And in terms of EPA per play, your estimated points added per play, they are the top defense in football. So look, by whether you're looking at just overall metrics, like the standard ones, like, you know, just points allowed and all that, or whether you're looking at the advanced metrics, which are, you know, some of the ones I just talked about, DVOA, EPA per play, they're good. They're among the best defenses in the league. They've had a couple of bad games, right, against Baltimore and against the Chicago Bears. But outside of that, I mean, they've been pretty good against just about everyone. Obviously, they pitched a shutout against the Detroit Lions, who have you know, kind of gone on and kept on scoring on other teams. So, I mean, you, you got to take some of those, some of that into account here. So, yes, good overall. And if you want to know my overall grade, here it is, B+. Plus. Well done, defense. Again, pleasant surprise. You know, they they have their deficiencies still. We're going to go through each unit 
little by little. But all in all, you got to feel good about what they've done. And they have been keeping this team in games back when you, know, you had Bailey Zappi in there. He's a young rookie quarterback who, again, you know, played well, but still limited and still a rookie, right? You want to give him support and you want to give him a lead to play with, be able to, to stack points. It makes things easier. And they were able to do that. And obviously keeping the team in games generally when, you know, your offense has been struggling the last couple of weeks against the Jets um, and, and just never let the Colts get off the ground. I mean, poor Indianapolis Colts. You wonder what that game might have looked like if, if they hadn't been messing around and actually did play Matt Ryan. Because apparently he was fine. The whole shoulder thing, I mean, maybe there was some shoulder issue going on there. But, uh, yeah, he was probably fine. He probably could have played. And, you know, maybe it would have been different, but it wasn't. Sam Ellinger played, and they took care of business. Good job by the Patriots on that. But, yeah, all in all, no matter who they've been playing, aside from playing quarterbacks that can run, which is, yeah, that's another issue um, because they have not done that well over the past couple of years. I mean, aside from that, they've done well against everybody else. So, overall, pretty good mark for the defense, especially when you think about where we thought they were going to be. Let's move on to you know, the interior defensive line. Um, B, they've been fine. Again, not not amazing, but they, they've done their job. They haven't necessarily been the, the best run-stopping team in the league or even you know the best pass-rushing interior unit in the league. But, look, they do their jobs. Okay, it's really as simple as that. They're not meant, they don't play in a system that really allows them to, to go rack up a lot of stats. It's mostly about taking up space, eating up those blockers up front so that your linebackers, your safeties can come down and make the plays behind you, right? And so they can stay clean. So it, it's pretty unglamorous. But when you think about the defense's performance and the way that, for example, they they haven't always been great in terms of stopping the run, but they stopped up one of the best running attacks in the league in the Cleveland Browns and really just handled them and held them to like what 70 something yards of, of you know on, on the ground. I mean, those are the kinds of things that this unit can do when it's fully healthy. And I say that because after that game, when they got gashed by the Bears, and I said this at the time, missing Christian Barmore for that game in the last three games. Overall, it's been a loss. And yeah, it's not like Christian Barmore is your best run defender. He's not necessarily, but he's your best interior defensive lineman and he requires a lot of attention. And people have been asking, like, where's Christian Barmore in terms of pass rushing? Well, the answer is he's been getting double teamed a lot. Teams have been devoting a lot of extra attention to Christian Barmore and rightfully so because he is good. And yet he's still up there in terms of pressures for interior defensive linemen in the league. So it's not like he's not taking advantage of single matchups at all or that he's not occasionally still causing problems when he's being double teamed. I mean, he's he's still a good player. Now, would you like to see more overall impact from him? Yeah, sure. But then you, you move on down the line and you look at Devon Godshaw and Lawrence Guy. They're not going to wow you in terms of statistics. I mean, I get it. Devon Godshaw has got 16 stops, you know, it's tied for like 24th in the league. It's very middle of the pack. And then Lawrence Guy has been, been in and out of the lineup. But again, solid, doing your job. Daniel Okule has come out and given them, you know, good pass rush in terms of, you know, being a rotational guy off the bench, which has been very useful. 
I mean, I, I think that he, he kind of comes in and he just gives you some energy from time to time. Same with Carl Davis. Carl Davis has been a guy that, I mean, just whenever they put him in there, and he just he just does good things, whether it's just, okay, yeah, he took out two guys at the point of attack or he's penetrating in the backfield and making a play. He's He's just been a very good rotational piece in there to keep guys fresh. And I've been more pleasantly surprised with him than I have with, you know, almost anybody on the roster. So, and, and it's not usual that, you know, defensive linemen, again, are getting noticed in this scheme. So well done by him. And they're going to have their work cut out for them in the next couple of weeks. They're going to be facing some more athletic quarterbacks. You're going to have Kyler Murray coming up. You're going to have Josh Allen coming up. You're going to have the Minnesota Vikings, who you know, they've got Dalvin Cook, one of the best running backs in football. So they're going to need to be on their game for sure. And hopefully having Christian Barmore back is going to help that. Let's move on down the line. Edge, bump outside. Obviously, it's going to be a good grade largely because of Matthew Judon. I mean, he... It's funny, he was just put up in the 99 club on Madden. That's what people have been thinking about his play of late. He's been awesome. There have been a couple of games this year where he hasn't gotten sacks, but even in those games, the Cleveland game being among them, he's still impacting plays. He's still chasing it down from, you know, from, from the edge. He's still running plays down from behind, setting the edge and doing a good job in the run game. He's just been doing it all. I mean, he's been a complete player. That's what he's been since he's gotten here. Now the question is, can he keep it going for the rest of the season? Currently leading the league with 11 and a half sacks. He's up there in terms of overall pressures. I think he's third in the league with 44 overall pressures. So he's been one of the best defensive players in football. Got to give it to him. Now, I think the thing that I feel good about is what everybody aside from Matthew Judon has been doing on the edge. I think that was an issue last year. You didn't necessarily have good depth, be, you know, aside from Judah. I mean, I think Kyle Van Noy, solid player, and he, he was he was a good veteran. He was able to give you some pass rush at times, but he was a you know, bit of a liability sometimes in coverage. He'd get taken advantage of from time to time and just didn't quite have the juice of, you know, some of the other guys. I think Dietrich Wise Jr., has shown at points like he had the three-sack game against the Baltimore Ravens, you know, corralling Lamar Jackson. That is no small task. He's been doing this since preseason when, again, we were looking at it like, who's going to be the guy opposite Judon? They were cycling a couple of different bodies out there, including Anfordy Jennings, who's played well in a rotational role. And Wise started coming, you know, to the forefront towards the end of preseason and just he's been in a full-time role it's been a little while since they put him in a full-time role on the edge and he's just been he's been excelling he's been so much better against the run than he was earlier in his career and he's always had that ability to cause problems as a pass rusher to get up the field with that length and strength and he's just he's been putting it together it's been so fun to watch and well deserved for a guy that you know, went out got paid but you know, came back and got paid by the patriots last year to an extension. He's a team captain. He's been one of the best stories on this team by far. Josh Uche has been coming on of late. Obviously had the three-sack game against the Colts, and yeah, that, that offensive line is porous. There's no doubt about it, but I mean, he was he was getting pressure early in the year as well. I mean, he's his quickness, his explosiveness, and the trust that they've started to put in him to 
call plays up front. When, when he's in there, get them in their defense. He's clearly a smart player, somebody that they value a lot in a rotational role. And you can see, again, the flashes and maybe becoming a little bit more consistent. Yeah, is he, is he having that, oh, my goodness, third-year breakout, he's an elite pass rusher? That, I don't think that's really going to be his game at this point. I think that he's going to be a rotational guy. But, man, in that role, he is a blur coming off the edge. He is exactly what they need him to be when he's in the game. So, look, it's been – I mean, it's almost all about Matthew Judon, but – it's also been about some of these other guys and what they've been able to do. And again, yeah, when, you know, on those couple of occasions where Judon hasn't been getting home, the pass rush has, you know, sometimes gotten a bit stale and, you know, you, you need more consistent production coming up against some of these offenses, offenses you're going to be facing toward the end of the year. But by and large, you got to like what you've been seeing from that edge group. Linebackers? Mm, not so much though look i got them at a c minus but i think that's because they've been they've had rough stretches they have been taken advantage of at certain points during the season i mean Jawan bentley is a solid you know as as he's been but you know what his skill set is he's a big thumping guy he can do some things in coverage but he's not a great coverage person and when you're stretching plays out towards the end and you got fast electric guys out in space, you know, there are some limits there. Okay. It is what it is. He's a big physical guy. It's what you want. And look, I think clearly we had this idea that the Patriots were wanting, wanted to get faster and more athletic at linebacker. Maybe they wanted to with, you know, trading for Mac Wilson, but Wilson has been kind of hit or miss in terms of his you know, play recognition, getting the places where he needs to be sometimes getting out of gaps and allowing big plays to happen despite that speed he's obviously he's he can hit man he really can and when he gets it lined up where he's going and he's get he's got it diagnosed and in special teams you see him flying around and making big plays it's just not always consistent enough in a starting role so what have they been forced to do is start playing jelani tavai a lot and look to his credit jelani tavai has gotten better i think throughout the year and really not been as much of a liability as it looked like he was going to be and what he has been at times. But again, this is a unit that you wanted to get faster and more athletic at, and you really haven't done that. You essentially traded in Dante Hightower for a less slow version of Dante Hightower and a less good one overall. But look, I mean, Tavai has been again better than you thought he was going to be he's been physical at the point of attack they have they have used him to help shut down the run and he just he he seems to know where he's supposed to be and i think that sometimes when it comes to defense you, you need guys who just know what they're supposed to be doing where they're supposed to be and who can play instinctively and i think that that's been that that's been mostly what he's been able to bring meaning jelani tavai and the, the past couple of weeks, he's played well. And he's had stretches of good play out there. Again, just when you face some of these faster teams who are going to spread you out and they're going to challenge you with speed, that's where the problems have been and that's where the problems could be during this end-of-season stretch that is going to decide whether or not the Patriots make the playoffs. I mean, good luck to them. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Cornerbacks. This has been the most pleasant surprise of any position group 
the Patriots have had in my mind. I'm giving them a B plus, and that feels like an A plus plus plus, given what we thought this unit was going to be before the season when they let J.C. Jackson walk in free agency. You're you're kind of bringing in, you're signing Malcolm Butler and Terrence Mitchell to be your veteran guys, and you're looking at this like, oh my goodness, they are going to get destroyed after they couldn't even force Buffalo to punt in that pre in, in that postseason game, and. You know, also in, in the second regular season matchup they had, they got gashed up and down the field as well from, from the secondary. And you knew you were going to have Miles Bryant there, but you didn't have, you know, quick, fast slot guy um, unless, um, you know, Jonathan Jones was going to be that. But then obviously they bumped him outside. But then look what you ended up doing. You drafted Jack Jones and, and Marcus Jones, and they've been really good for, for rookies especially. I mean, Jack Jones right now, as of, this exact moment, you could go on Pro Football Focus and look this up. Jack Jones is going to be your highest graded cornerback in the league in, in, terms of, in terms of coverage grade. That's crazy. A rookie cornerback coming in and being among the best corner, best graded at least cornerbacks in football. I don't want to say he's one of the best corners in football just yet. He's got a long way to go as a complete football player, but in terms of just his coverage, yes, there are going to be some mistakes, and I still think that there, there are teams that are going to look at his aggressiveness and say we might be able to take advantage of this with double moves, put him in a quandary, you know, make him you know, stress his responsibilities. But, man, when you just go at him one-on-one, he's good, man. He's really good. Now we just got to beef up and learn how to tackle. That is going to be Jack Jones's main thing from here on out. That brother's got to get some meat on his bones. He's got to tackle. Marcus Jones, I mean, Miles Bryant is still playing a bunch, but Marcus Jones has been able to come in and show that his his twitch, his burst has been enough to make up for some of his inexperience as, as a slot cornerback early on in the league. I mean, he's still working on some things with his footwork, making sure he can properly mirror routes without falling down. I think that was something that was hurting him in preseason and in training camp. Just it seemed like his, his feet weren't always under him when he was trying to mirror receivers out of breaks like they'd make a cut he tried to follow and he would stumble and, and almost fall but then sometimes he would still make his way back into the play with just pure makeup speed and and quickness and he's always in guys hip pockets I mean he, he's a tough tenacious dude in coverage I really like what I've seen from him and he's the future at the position there's just no doubt about that at all and he's been a great return guy but even on defense you can see the promise there and then Jonathan Jones, look, I mean, he's been a revelation outside. You know, moving him out there on a more permanent basis, you had concerns about his size, but all in all, he's just been as good and reliable as he's been in the slot. I mean, he's just, he's always just in your, he's in your grill, okay? He, everything is going to be contested. Even when you beat him, he's still there. You still have to make like a damn near perfect throw to beat the guy. I remember that happening against Green Bay where he gets beat on a deep throw down the sideline, I think it was to Alan Lazard, and you're just like, that throw literally had to be perfect to beat Jonathan Jones. And he's just constantly giving you everything you need, blocking punts, pick six against the Colts. I mean, what more can you say about what he's doing? Jalen Mills, he's been playing, he was playing hurt a lot of the time this year, and so he really wasn't being 
quite as effective as you wanted him to be. But as he's gotten healthier, you've been seeing more good Jalen Mills, a couple more pass breakups, and him playing with that confidence he was playing with before the season began. Now, there's still some, some concerns that you can have here. My main concern is that they are still short. And when you start playing some of these bigger receivers, some of these more physical guys, you're going to start like Gabe Davis. That could be a problem. Or you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, all those guys that you're going to see against the Cincinnati Bengals, that can, that can be a tough matchup. But again, when you look at how these guys have been hanging with the likes of Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill when they played Miami and they, yeah, they gave up big plays, you know, at times, but uh, by and large, wasn't too bad. I mean, they held that team to 20 points and they've shown that they've got some of the speed and burst and, and the understanding of where they're supposed to be to limit a bunch of those big plays. I mean, they're one of the best passing defenses in the league in terms of how many yards they're giving up per game, how many touchdowns. And a lot of that has to do with how good their cornerbacks have been. Yes, it's also because the pass rush has been good. And Bill Belichick will tell you, look, it's all about complementary football here. If we're getting to the passer, that means our coverage is good. And if we're covering well, that means that you know, we're getting good stuff out of the pass rush, et cetera, et cetera. But just by and large, the talent level where they are has is so much better than it was when they were coming into free agency and the draft this year you got to feel good about the direction still going to be some stiff tests coming up and when they face some of those really good offenses down the line they're going to need their best overall position group on this team to step up that would be the safeties we knew it was good this is how it was before the season we we figured they were going to be the best position group on the team and yeah they are they are really good just from from top to bottom i mean yeah josh bledsoe hasn't played a whole lot in terms of defensive snaps and got beat for a touchdown and all that. But I mean, as a, as a fifth safety, you feel pretty good about him being your, your fifth safety and being able to put your fifth safety on the field and actually play defensive snaps in addition to what he does in terms of special teams. But those first four men, Devin McCourty, still taking things away on the back end, had a multi-interception game against the Jets, whom they're going to play again coming up this weekend. And then you got Adrian Phillips. Adrian Phillips, I mean, look, Matthew Judon, Ramondre Stevenson are probably your two best players on the team. You could throw Michael and Winu in there as well. Adrian Phillips is top five. He's a top five player on this team. He's awesome. He can do anything you could possibly want him to do. He's locking up tight ends and one-on-one -on -one coverage. He can play the deep part of the field if you need him to. He's coming up and fitting in the run game like an actual linebacker. I mean, he whatever whatever you need, Adrian Phillips is, is the guy. And then Kyle Duggar, he's got that kind of skill set as well. It's just he just hasn't been healthy. He hasn't He hasn't been as healthy as you'd like for him to be. But when he's in the game, you see some of the same stuff. He's blowing up screens and stuffing runs in the backfield. Still working on the coverage part, but sometimes you see the flashes in coverage too. I mean, to have those two do-it-all guys on your back end, I mean, it's great. And again, that's the kind of player that you need against some of these really electric passing teams. Okay, if you don't have four corners or something like that. And you trust, you know, you've got three safeties that you can trust to do the job for you. 
Okay, and, and you could play big nickel if you want. You could play four safeties because you've got Jabril Peppers who's going around. When you put him on the field, whether it's because you know somebody's hurt or what have you, Jabril Peppers is coming in and lighting people up. That guy is so physical. I mean, he's causing collisions all over the place. I love what I've seen from Jabril Peppers. He's exactly what they hoped that he was going to be as as a backup depth piece at safety and somebody that I mean they could they could start him if they if they wanted to and kind of that whole big nickel thing it just happens that the three guys they have ahead of him are so good that you got to find ways to get him on the field and and it seems like good things are always happening when Jabril Peppers is out there just top to bottom best position group on the team and you can see their impact out there every single week and you're gonna have to keep seeing it if the Patriots are gonna make the playoffs. That's all I got for this one. I'm going to talk a little bit about some you know, offense and Mac Jones and all that good stuff throughout the week, but I wanted to give you the taste of the defense because we can't forget about the defense and how important they are going to be to this stretch run. I'm Kyrie Thompson. This has been First in Foxborough. Make sure you're downloading, subscribing, checking it out on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts.